Welcome to the Walk Off USA Today's number one baseball podcast. I'm Ted Berg, joined on the Skype machine by USA Today baseball editor Gabe Blacks. Gabe, how's it going today? I'm good, Ted. How you doing? I am doing well. I am uh, approaching the uh, end of the baseball season with some uh, a little bit of tentativeness, I guess, because right now we really have have no clue who's going to wind up in the playoffs, and obviously that's what I want to talk about today. It seems like most of the division races have more or less wrapped themselves up. You know, we've seen certainly teams, you know, come from three or four out late in the season and surge to the top, but uh, the closest divisional race at this point is in the AL East, where the Red Sox sit five games ahead of the Blue Jays entering play Wednesday. Uh, the you know the rest of the divisions all seem more or less out of reach, but the wild card races are are quite tight. And I want to start with the National League, uh, which is a, a particularly compelling one in that none of the three teams in the mix, and right now it's a it's a three way tie as we speak. None of those teams seems terribly compelling. No, and you're looking at teams that are going to get into the playoffs right in that uh, oh gosh eighty six to eighty eight win range, which. Uh, is if right which is uh not uh not great for a wild card obviously it's not horrible we've seen worse we've seen worse division winners uh at the same time uh three teams that have been playoff regulars of late and you'd think might be uh might be kind of in tune with this whole september down the stretch thing but certainly not playing like it so it's uh, uh like you said today a war of attrition uh, a battle of attrition and uh yeah it's it's going to be kind of interesting to see who chugs to the finish line last it's uh kind of gross in a way it's kind of ugly but also strangely compelling so uh kind of fired up for these last uh, last 10 or so games in, in a twisted kind of way yeah and, and I guess we should note you know before we go on that once you get there I think you know especially once you get that past that one game wild card it's really anybody's race you know I think if you're in a postseason series you've got a shot certainly you'd rather have home field advantage certainly you'd rather have a better team than the Mets Cardinals and Giants have right now going into the postseason but we've seen some pretty lousy teams go pretty deep you know a lot of it just comes down to you know when you get hot and who gets hot and and whether you can use Madison Bumgarner every day on on two days rest or, or, or whatever you want to do and so you know I wouldn't necessarily count out any of these teams for the World Series once they get to the postseason but I want to look at the the road all of them face to getting there because it, it certainly seems right now like none of them is stepping on the on the gas to so to speak and and, and pulling ahead of that race obviously you know they're all they're all sitting at 80 and 72 uh, none has won more than half of of its last 10 games and the Mets just got swept by the Braves at home so I, I guess we can start there it was a it was a heartbreaking loss they they wound up losing on on an ender and CRT you know game-saving, uh, home-run-robbing catch in the bottom of the ninth uh, with Jonas Cespedes at the plate, the one guy who seems to get it done for them offensively on the regular. The Mets have the easiest schedule left. You know, if you go by the book and say, you know, based on opponents' records, they've got two series against the Phillies, they've got a series against the Marlins, who are at 500, probably dead in the race, barring some sort of, you know, catastrophic change here. Do the Mets have enough on their roster to get through these, you know, relatively easy teams and, and and make a run for that wild card game. 
Well, it's interesting. They don't have a they don't have a behemoth to get through. They don't have a, a Cubs or a Dodgers uh, sitting there, but they don't have any pushovers either. And and a couple of teams that uh, certainly have uh, have given them some trouble. They're uh, they're just seven and five against the Phillies, uh, who will trot out reputable pitchers <laughs> pretty much every uh, every night. I mean, I, I don't think uh, you know Adam Morgan is is going to scare anybody. Uh, at the same time, uh, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not like they're totally uh, totally going with unproven commodities. Uh, the the big thing is, yeah, can these guys uh, can the Seth Lugos of the world uh, continue to sort of work their magic? Uh, Bartolo Colon, I mean, I, I I thought this might honestly, for as as much as we love him, uh, you know, might be the year uh, the wheels fall off a bit. Uh, you know, can can he in what will be essentially uh, elimination game type scenarios down the stretch, keep it together and keep them in games. Cindergaard's had some shakiness, you know, despite a, a great season from him, he's had some trouble going deep into games, especially since he had a little bit of a, a flare up with a bone spur in his elbow. Uh, and, you know, the bullpen outside of, of Harris Familia and Addison Reed, who have both been real good. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in the middle there with their bullpen. And, and to me, you know, it just, you know, it just doesn't seem like they have, Enough offense. If if they were if we were still talking about Matt Harvey and Degrom and 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 Zach Wheeler who didn't wind up pitching this year, all in the rotation and you know a crowd uh, leading Bartolo Colon into the into the bullpen, it's a different story. But uh, their offense just hasn't scored enough runs with any consistency for me to say, okay, yeah, well they can beat up on these Phillies guys. They they this is the team that uh, just got mowed down by Aaron Blair, a guy coming in with an <laughs> with an ERA of about nine, you know, at home in a series against the Braves with one of the worst records in the major leagues and they get swept so it, it seems for me you know really hard to see a way the Mets get in unless the Cardinals and Giants somehow play worse right and you're talking about a team that's uh, second in the uh, in the NL in uh, home runs and second to last in runs scored so once again you're talking about relying a lot on the long ball which uh, can work over 162 games but you get uh, you get into this uh, 10 game sprint uh, and, and it can disappear for a few games and, and that's that uh, you know you're, you're, you're done and obviously Jay Bruce not getting it done hitting 175 uh, in uh, two Two fifty-three on base percentage uh, since coming over at the trade deadline, so that's a uh, that's killing them. Uh, the one break they do get schedule-wise, uh, they will not see Jose Fernandez in uh, in Miami. So uh, it's four with the Phillies, three with the Marlins, three more with the Phillies. Uh, so you're not going to see one singular great pitcher down the stretch if you're the Mets. That might help them. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, credit Fangraphs ahead of time for these playoff odds. Uh, they have the Mets right now at 69%, which is a bit uh, misleading because there's two spots to be had in the NL. So the Mets are at 69, the Giants at 66, the uh, Cardinals at 63. You'll see those pair down as as the days go on. But uh, yeah, not sure if they're gonna if they're gonna have the firepower to get there, let alone uh, you know the the pitching to get deep enough into games. Yeah, you know, the offense has looked at least a little bit deeper lately. I, uh, Terry Collins has, has finally started sitting Bruce down, uh, especially against left-handers, and it seems like the right move. 
They've got some options, but Cespedes is is clearly banged up. He's had this quad issue all year. Uh, he's you know he's jogging out fly balls as he, as you kind of understand because he's clearly hurting. Uh, I don't know if it's affecting his power at all. He hit the ball hard a couple of times last night, but both came you know a, a foot or two short of of being home runs, and so you know that becomes a little bit worrisome. And and uh, like you said, you know the home runs have always been there. It's the you know having guys on base when they when they hit them that they haven't. Been able to do and so you know that that seems to me like it would doom the team again if we weren't talking about Cardinals and, and Giants teams in similar situations so let's look at those uh, and I guess the the big one to look at here is is the Giants in that they've just been so horrendous in the second half and they were just so good in that first half that they've still got a, a claim to this wild card spot and, and you keep thinking okay well if this team can just turn it around you know if if Posey can get out of it and and if Joe Panic can get out of it and Brandon Crawford and you know good major league players can start playing like we know they can and like we've seen them play before you know they should be good enough right even with uh, just Madison Bumgarner at the front of the rotation, even with Johnny Cueto a little banged up now, even with a bullpen that seems to melt down every single night. Uh, to me, it looks like that that team should be able to pull it together. But you know, the longer it takes them to do that, the the more doubt you have ab- about their Ill- ability to get it done. And they've certainly painted themselves into a corner again. Uh, you you might have just said it. The the biggest key might be the. Uh... <laughs> the groin of Johnny Cueto, uh, obviously just, uh, he pitched As gallant- is so often the case. As is so often the case, yes. Uh, he pitched gallantly the other night down there in L.A., a game they, they had to have uh, to have any shot at the division. They pretty much gave that away last night. But uh, the funny thing about the Giants and their schedule, they have played so badly that uh, division-winning Giants actually helped the wildcard winning Giants <laughs> because uh, by blowing two of three to the Dodgers and basically blowing any chance at the division, uh, there are three games to finish the year against the Dodgers. Uh, they may very well be facing a team that's uh, that's coasting uh, when they're in a must-win mode. So, uh, you know, it was uh, they, they both teams had their, their pitching matchups for that final series lined up the way they did for, for this week. Uh, Kershaw, Rich Hill, Kenta Maeda versus uh, Bumgarner, Cueto, and Matt Moore. Well, you know, uh, Kershaw will probably, if he even pitches that Friday, will only give you four innings, 80 pitches. They're uber cautious already with Rich Hill, and uh, you know, basically they'll be, they'll be lining all three of those guys up for uh, for the division series. So that's a that's that's a pretty big break for them is is getting a Dodger team that's going to be mixing and matching and getting guys off their feet. Uh, now the funny thing is uh, they, they start off uh, this ten game stretch with four against the Padres, and you think great. They have lost six games in a row to San Diego, and it was actually the Padres who kick-started this whole thing. Uh, uh, lest, lest we forget, uh, the, the Giants had the best record in baseball at the All-Star break, uh, even better than the Cubs, which is just uh, amazing to think of at this point in time, given how, how bad they are now. Uh, it all started with a three-game sweep at Petco right after the uh, right after the All-Star game, and it's just kind of gone downhill since then. Uh, and, and again, you know, very well documented now, but the worst second half record in baseball at 23 and 39. So four at the Padres and then six to close at home with the Rockies and Dodgers. Uh, I'm with you. I think, uh, water is going to find its level (laughs) when you're talking about uh, their veteran hitters. And I think they're going to get enough pitching. Uh, The the key thing, uh, Sergio Romo, I think might be the guy who has the, the most beef among, among their relievers. Uh, obviously Bruce Bochy 
burned enough by so many bad options you can't really blame him but uh for some of their woes but he's pushed some of the wrong buttons too he's definitely made some mistakes and and uh for all his three world championships that he's won uh, has has drawn the ire of some fans and uh and somewhat rightfully so but i think what we might see uh and what would really bode well for that bullpen is if uh, if romo can settle in as their ninth inning guy and then uh give bochi a little bit of definition to think okay uh how far do my starters have to take me? How do I get through the seventh and eighth? Uh, you know that that would go a long way. So, their uh, vital signs aren't great, but uh, the parts are still there. Uh, can you know? Can they come together over these last ten games? That's the big question. Yeah, and the bullpen thing is is perplexing. You know, Bochi has a, a reputation really as as one of the best, if not the best, uh, probably with Buck Showalter at at managing a bullpen in the game, at at getting the most out of his guys. And it, it you know, you look at the the numbers, and there's there's not a lot of great performers in that bullpen. But you look at the bullpen ERA, especially recently, it's not horrible considering how many blown saves they have. And and you start wondering, you know, uh, and and I know, you know, you and I both tend to, you know, diminish a lot of the talk about, you know, team-wide malaises and, and clubhouse spunks or whatever it could be. But I think we do see these scenarios where uh, a bullpen especially, you know, gets into uh, some sort of mindset that, you know, it just can't finish out the game. And, and it seems like the Giants have had that lately. Uh, we've seen it with the Tigers a, a couple of years ago. Uh, I remember watching it up close in, in uh, miserable fashion with the 2008 Mets. Uh, you know, maybe Romo is that guy, and Romo's got the experience, and, and he can lock that down. But I think the issue really has been compounded here by their offense not scoring enough runs, right? It's easier to blow a game uh, when you're up one entering the ninth than when you're up seven entering the ninth. And it has a just a, a domino effect. It makes everybody press. It makes the offense press. It makes the starters press. Uh, thinking that they uh, they a need to be perfect and b need to go a little deeper than maybe uh, they'd be comfortable with uh, pitch count wise inning count wise. You're absolutely right. Uh, the uh, you know malaise, sometimes uh, you know the, there is a malaise. Sometimes there is a clubhouse chemistry thing. But the, the certainly the one thing that can lead to that happening is a uh, is a sketchy bullpen because it just crushes your soul. You know you push that boulder all the way up to the 26th out and you can't get the 27th. That uh, you know that you know that's that's definitely there's. Def- Definitely a human element to that, and uh, it can't be discounted. It's uh, much tougher to wash away. But uh, yeah, interesting to see how they uh, how they handle those late innings and, and whether Bochi can kind of get his mojo back. And the last team in this mix, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, another one with a, now they've got maybe the toughest schedule, but it just depends on how you look at that. They've got uh, a series with the Pirates who haven't been horrible. They've been a, a little bit better lately. They're out of the mix, but you know not a bad team by any real stretch. Uh, they've got a, a relatively uh, easy series. And they've got a, a series with the Cubs, but now the Cubs are are long clinched and and very clearly tooling up for the postseason. What's weird about the Cardinals really is is it's such a to me at least seems like such an atypical Cardinals team in that you know now they're hitting a ton, uh, they're they're not getting good starting pitching uh, whatsoever really you know they've had they have somehow have five starters with with ERAs between 4.54 and 4.59 just kind of a a bleh situation there everybody but Carlos Martinez struggling in the rotation uh and and they play really bad defense which is just so unlike the Cardinals 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's kind of weird to, to look at Adam Wainwright. You know, this is usually his, his time of year, you know, and, and now he's the guy they sort of cross their fingers and, and hope he can uh, he can get them a quality start. But uh, interesting uh, – Mix with the schedule there. Uh, they, yeah, they'd be much better off if they had the Cubs on the back end. Unfortunately, they uh, they go this weekend uh, into Wrigley Field. Uh, and it kind of works out okay for them. Uh, Jake Arrieta uh, will start the opener, uh, followed by Jason Hamill. Arrieta hasn't been vintage, vintage Arrieta lately. Uh, you know, Hamill can be had. Uh, I think... You know, the, if there's a game the entire baseball world will be watching, it's the Sunday night matchup, uh, John Lester versus Carlos uh, Martinez. Uh, that's kind of the last full throttle Lester that we'll see before the playoffs. So, you know, he's uh, he's going to be pretty fired up to uh, to leave it all out there, knowing he's not going to pitch uh, competitively for another eight, nine days. Uh, and meanwhile, Martinez, you know, he's, he's won 15 games. He's uh, not necessarily ace ace but he's kind of been he's been there for them this year and and in this last uh, stretch where they've kind of righted the ship and, and gotten into into wild card position so that's that's a big one for them uh, the, the reds it's interesting uh, obviously well documented they're not going to lose 100 but they're going to come close uh, uh tricky team uh, have been much better in the second half and uh, the last two games of a four game set at cincy uh you know you got uh, uh, De Sclafani and Dan Straley, who, who are serviceable, you know, and then uh, I think the big thing for them will be going into Pittsburgh uh, for the uh, for the finale, and and that's uh, again a team that will battle you, but is also going to be rolling out uh, Stephen Brault, Chad Cool, and uh, <laughs> and Ryan Vogelsong. Uh, uh, at least two of those uh, names sound like discontinued European automakers, <laughs> but uh, you know that's uh, that's a interesting interesting schedule. I, I think there's a lot to be had there. I think they can they can make some hay uh, against that group. And, and again, like you said, not uh, not that lockdown presence at the top of the rotation. Usually, they have a couple of those guys. Uh, they lead the NL in home runs, you know, which uh, is not totally typical for them either. Especially when you're you're talking about a year when many of their traditional uh, sluggers uh, are ailing you know they've truly uh, kind of done it in the aggregate uh, as you like to say uh, so intriguing uh, I think the guy to watch down the stretch Alex Reyes uh, three really great starts uh, and uh, really uh, won the biggest game of them uh, for, for them this year against the Giants pitch really well there uh, at uh, at AT&T to get them out of there in in wild card position uh, he's a, he can potentially be a shutdown kind of guy and that that new arm on the scene who suddenly uh, is doing things in September and possibly October yeah you said it I was going to bring up Reyes too because you know he's the guy who's kind of the wild card there and and you know hasn't hasn't been in the rotation long obviously hasn't been in the majors long but you know we know he has that prospect pedigree we know he has the the 100 mile an hour fastball and the, and the devastating breaking stuff and and all the makings of a, of a future ace now if he can pitch like that guy right now I think the Cardinals look great, you know, for enter for the rest of September and and, he, and even into the postseason, right? Because because then you're lining up Reyes and Martinez and, and and you know whoever you slot in behind them, your rotation still looks pretty strong. Uh, they've had a pretty good bullpen. O has been great for them since taking over as the closer. Uh, they've got you know, Trevor Rosenthal back now, working setup role and stuff. So you know, I think they have the mix there to have a decent pitching staff if it's. If it's over a limited amount of time, they don't really have the depth in the rotation this year. Uh, and like you said, you know, the it's a sort of a, a fast and furious home run team now with guys like Randall Gritchick and, and Jed Jerko who uh, can't seem to get on base to save their souls but can hit balls over the fence regularly. Weird team, odd team. Uh, 
hey, just get there. And uh, I mean, you talk about uh, having nothing to lose. If they're able to somehow salt away a wild card with a day or two to spare uh, and can hold back one of those guys uh, for the Cubs, you know, it's uh, suddenly you have the team with all the expectations uh, in the world on them versus a team that uh, could literally. Pardon me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just go down cliche row right here. Do they it. literally could say we shocked the world, and nobody expected this. I mean, uh, you know, it's true. You know, the, the Cardinals would suddenly be the ultimate underdogs, and uh, boy, wouldn't that that would certainly set the baseball internet on fire. So, uh, you know, that's uh, <laughs> that would be something if the if they took out the Cubs, uh, the, the team of teams, the the greatest team in in a century for the <laughs> Cubs. Uh, gosh. That would uh, that would make for some good theater. So uh, yeah, I I suddenly I guess I'm talking myself into be you know pulling for the Cardinals here because it would be kind of interesting. Uh, wow, I didn't see that coming, but uh, I digress. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you talked me into it too, and and I want to get to the American League where there's a much much messier scenario. But uh, who who are we picking here? Who's who's coming out uh, next weekend with a bid in the wild card game? Man, I think. Uh, I think we got to keep it very, uh, whatever this decade is, the 2010s. We'll go vintage 2010s. Uh, Cardinals, Giants, maybe? I mean, they've, yeah, uh, I, they've I think locked I'm, some horns. Yeah. The Mets just got swept by the Braves in a three-game series at home, right? And, and for as bad as the Cardinals and the Giants have been, man, you got swept by the Braves in a three-game series at home. It's just that's uh, It feels like you're not going to the playoffs that way. It's yeah, and you can just see Mets fans gnashing their teeth when the Tom Kohlers and Jeremy Hellickson's uh, and Adam Morgans of the world pitch just well enough to keep them out of the playoffs. I mean, you can you can just see it. I mean, I know I know I'm I'm uh, kind of venturing into the visceral here, but uh, it's uh, it seems palpable. <laughs> no, it's it's happening. Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's flip it over now. The American League teams, uh, there are. Whew. Uh, seven teams still sort of in the... I, I guess you could say the Royals are out of it now. Uh, so let's say six teams still sort of in the mix or at least on the fringes of the wild card race at this point. Now the Red Sox, Orioles, and, and Blue Jays sort of took turns at the top of the AL, at least for a while. Red Sox have, have put the pedal to the gas, and, and I don't think any team is going to catch them. Uh, so that leaves the, the Blue Jays, Orioles, Tigers, Astros, maybe Mariners, and Yankees somehow all in the wild card mix with, what, 10 games to play? Uh, what do we do here? How do we even approach discussing this? It's a, it's a very good question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to simplify things just a little bit uh, at the risk of, uh, of jinxing uh, Canadians near and far. I'm going to go ahead and, and wave the Blue Jays in, and, and I'm gonna, I'll tell you why. Uh, so obviously they've got the one-game lead uh, going into, uh, as we speak, a four-game series uh, against the Yankees. So that's a, this time of year, that's a significant advantage. And it's a one-game lead over the Orioles, who themselves have a one-game lead over the rest of the pack. Exactly. So really a two-game lead. Uh, and uh, on top of that, I mean, it's a, it's a time of year you're playing everybody. Uh, you know, so they got four with the Yankees, three with the Orioles, three with the Red Sox. Uh, the one thing I like is you line up almost all these teams. These guys have arms that can go out and more or less uh, give you a fighting chance every game. They're not rolling out Ubaldo Jimenez. They're not worried about a Luis Sessa. You know, they're not, uh, you know, going with Brad Peacock or, or any number of, uh, of, of guys, uh, you know, Anibal Sanchez, who might give you some pause. Between, uh, you know, Marcus Stroman, Aaron Sanchez, Jay Happ, Marco Estrada, 
say what you will about Liriano, but uh, the position they're in combined with the, the decent uh, pitching depth that they get, along with the fact that they should be playing a resting Boston Red Sox team, and that what you, you look to be an epic showdown. Now it's probably going to be the Blue Jays looking to nail down a wild card and the, the Red Sox not pitching Rick Porcello and David Price uh, 110%. Uh, that's pretty big edge for them, so I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna simplify that and, and move them on if you're if you're cool with that. Yeah, no, I'm cool with that. I, I was gonna bring up the same point. I mean, we, you know, we talk so much about the Blue Jays' offense, or at least have in recent seasons. This season, it's it's their pitching has been has been so good, you know. And again, there's no you know Sanchez has been sort of. And I guess Jay Happ, just for his record, have been their their aces there. There might not be guys you traditionally call that, you know, lockdown, shutdown guy like a like a David Price at his best, or or like a, a Clayton Kershaw or Chris Sale at his best, but uh, so deep in that in that starting rotation, and now deep in the bullpen too. Uh, a couple of of mid season additions for them, uh, Joaquin Benoit. Well, Benoit, however you say it, <laughs> been unbelievable. He's got a 0.42 ERA. Uh, Ozuna's been great as the closer at, at age 14 or whatever he is. Grilly has been really good at, at age 45. Uh, they've got, yeah, I'm with you. We can put the, let's just wave the Blue Jays in and, and discuss uh, the remaining six, five teams, five teams. We're, we're gonna, so you're, you're cool with saying the Royals are out of this at this point. I think so, yes, okay. most definitely. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the remaining five teams here in the mix. Uh, and then we'll start from the bottom. The Yankees have a shot. The Yankees have a shot. Uh, they have the proverbial uh, the proverbial chance. Uh, they I have Gary think. Sanchez, best player in baseball history. Yeah, exactly. They have a peak mid-2000s Barry Bonds. Uh, again, uh, gosh, it's possible, question mark. Um, <laughs> again, uh, not a, they kind of control their own destiny, uh, which is nice, but, uh, it's tough to win at Rogers center. Uh, and that's where they're going to start this, uh, this little venture. Uh, they're going to get the, they're going to get the Red Sox when their pedal will still be to the metal. And then, uh, and then they get the Orioles, uh, with, with a, a bunch of, uh, of Luis Sessa and Brian Mitchell and, and CC Sabathia and, and big Mike Pineda and Tanaka. I mean, that's a, Ugh, it's uh put it this way they they have to play okay they got 12 games left they probably got to go nine and three and I don't think I see this bunch doing that especially against those teams especially against teams that that were that are engaged you know if they had six against the the Rays and a random interleague series against a against a punching bag I'd like their chances better but I hard to see them going any better than six and six and six and six isn't going to get it done in this scenario yeah, and you know those are you talk about some relentless offenses, right? And and really really good teams that are gonna that are all playing for something uh, at this point. And I I feel like you know the the pitching across the board for the Yankees isn't quite there, and especially uh, you know now that they don't have Andrew Miller and and Araldis Chapman in the bullpen, you know leading up to Dylan Betances, and Betances hasn't been the best of late either. And and leading up to Betances, there's not a a ton of of really you know, intriguing options there. They've done a good job all year uh, playing the Scranton Shuttle, which is what they do, uh, using you know 35 relievers per season or whatever, and and sending us uh, transaction updates every single night. But uh, yeah, I, I can't, I can't. You know, I I I should say I can't see the Yankees. There's no scenario you could have told me in in late July where the Yankees were still in it in late September. So, you know, they've proven me wrong before, but it's really hard to imagine them holding up against those good teams uh, who are still playing for something with the club that they have. 
Right. And uh, again, kind of a, a golf clap here for the Yankees, a really solid season. Like you said, they're, you know, the, the, the Cashman Girardi uh, administration. Underrated. Underrated. Yes. Yeah. Does not get enough, uh, like you said, it's not easy doing that Scranton shuffle. And I mean, you've, uh, you know, they probably don't get enough credit for being on the same page as they do because he has to, uh, you know, Girardi has to know who might be coming and has to uh, handle his bullpen appropriately. And, uh, and again, it's not uh, after the trade of, uh, of Miller and Chapman, you're not talking about, uh, you know, uh, money in the bank here. You're definitely having to push a lot of buttons, probably even more impressive last year when they did uh, win the wild card. But uh, again, they found some young players. They found a possible franchise player. Uh, and uh, and they they showed a lot of, I guess, competitive, uh, competitive verve. And, and again, not totally counting them out, but uh, just the way uh, the way things are stacked against them right now. Uh, Probably not going to happen. That said, uh, you know, good on them, and uh, and you know, I think it'll make uh, 2017 even more interesting as as well as the winter. So yeah, yeah. I mean, the Yankees have been super fun, and I think you know, from around here, I'm I'm in New York, and and uh, around here, you see, uh, which something interesting, which is people getting sort of really psyched up about the future of the Yankees recently, which is not something that has has happened in, in recent years, you know, as they've sort of trotted out all of these old expensive veterans and, and retirement tours and everything else. I think this is a, a fun new beginning for the Yankees, but again, I, I'm with you. Don't think it's their year. Let's move uh, another team that, you know, we would have counted out just a couple of weeks ago that has come firing back on the scene now two games back of the Orioles, the Seattle Mariners. Uh, you know that I would love to visit Seattle at some point in this postseason, so <laughs> I am kind of pulling hard for the Mariners. Do they have any chance? They have a chance. It's, uh, you know, it's certainly certainly not a great one, and, uh, and obviously... Uh, if they had played uh, with some semblance of consistency, I mean, they, yeah, they, you talk about all over the map. They win five in a row, they lose six in a row, whatever it was. I mean, it's uh, it's it's all over the place, and and without really developing any semblance of uh, of continuity. Uh, again, uh, schedule in their favor: three at Minnesota, finishing with four with the A's. But uh, at the same time, I, I think. You know, I, I, to, to, to quote the late, great Denny Green, they kind of are who we think they are, uh, which is kind of this uh, inconsistent enigma and, and really, uh, this sounds very cliche, but might truly be a year away. You're starting to see guys like, uh, you know, like uh, Taiwan Walker and James Paxton uh, stick around for, for the year and, and pitch in meaningful games and, and kind of see what it's what it's all about. Uh, but I, I think overall, you're just looking at a team that's very uneven and uh, and is going to, again, they're, they're starting from the back of the pack here, and uh, it's it's going to be tough sledding. Uh, the, the A's have actually played better of late, so that won't exactly be a, be a cakewalk down the stretch. But, uh, uh, you know, one of these days we'll, uh, you know, we'll convene over, uh, you know, over a cappuccino at Elliott Bay Books. Uh, but <laughs> I, I don't know if that's going to happen this October. Yeah, such a such a top heavy team, uh, especially on the offensive side. With you know Cano, Seager, and and Cruz are such great hitters, and then you know behind those, after those guys, uh, and elsewhere in the lineup, it's just it's not really there, you know. And 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 you gotta you factor in the ballpark, and you say you know guys don't look just at the straight stat lines, but even if you adjust, you know they're just getting there's so many holes in that lineup uh, on a night to night basis, and you know, you hold them up against the other teams in the mix here, and it doesn't seem like they're there, uh, especially with, with Felix Hernandez now appearing uh, somewhat thoroughly human. Right, and and even uh, Iwakuma uh, getting getting cuffed around a bit. It's certainly uh, 
not uh, not the way you want to go into this thing with uh, the two guys that are supposed to be kind of out in front in the known quantities, uh, not uh, not necessarily being reliable down the stretch. And like you said, yeah, a lot of uh, you know a lot of really good. Well, I mean, three almost franchise caliber players in Cano, Cruz, and Seager. I mean, that's a wonderful place to start, but also also a lot of holes. And uh, and and obviously uh, they found some real thunder in the bullpen there, and they, they've got some still the proverbial strong starting uh, young pitching. But, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and take a pass on these guys for now. What about the Houston Astros? Another team, again, that has looked down and out at various points of the season. Probably looked down as a, down and out as recently as about a, a week and a half ago after getting swept by the Rangers. Uh, or, sorry, rather, uh, losing their first two of three from the Rangers and uh, seeming like they were, you know, not going to make good on our uh, worldwide Astros predictions. But now, uh, playing well again. You know, just won three in a row uh, again against the A's. You know, so it's it's something you uh, you asterisk a little bit, but a good offense, uh, some shaky, shaky starting pitching, uh, especially with you know Lance McCullers out and and Dallas Keuchel just not doing what he did last year. Uh, do they have a Do they have a shot at it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, this is a team uh, I, I think you bookmark. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, this is where we get hazy, and this is where we get into a true shootout kind of situation. But uh, yeah, I mean, they can by sheer force of their will, they can muscle past teams and and, and mask those uh, those starting pitching uh, deficiencies. Uh, you know, even in the uh, in the absence of uh, of Keuchel being uh, being who he is, uh, and, and the the backslide of, of a couple of other guys. Uh, but yeah, they uh, you know they, they found a real gym in, in Chris Davinsky, uh, eating up some huge innings for them uh, in the bullpen, which is crucial when you have starting pitchers you don't feel good about. Uh, and now I, th- I think their offense is starting to uh, starting to come together a little bit uh, you have guys who could carry you uh, down the stretch at times a guy like Evan Gaddis uh, if Correa gets hot again if Springer finds a uh, finds a little uh, you know a little bit of magic there I mean this is a team that might actually be built pretty well for the short haul and uh, once again let's uh, let's take a look at the old schedule there's seven left against the Angels uh, you know four at home this weekend uh, and then you're going to get to uh, you know get to host the Mariners for three that uh, that's going to be big that uh, that could be their season right there and then you finish uh, at Anaheim for three. So they're, uh, the conditions are ripe for them. I, uh, I put them in the, you know, they definitely have a shot category, and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't discount them just yet. Uh, again, now we're, uh, you know, we're in the land, we're in the valley of the deeply flawed. <laughs> so yeah, and you the know, Astros fit in well. Yeah. And, and the other, I guess, the other important thing to consider about the Astros is when you're comparing them to the, you know, the team that struggled out of the gate, even the the team they had at, at the All Star break is, uh, you know, Colby Rasmus and, and Carlos Gomez both had real, real lousy seasons for them, and just, just taking those guys out of the everyday lineup and going is off the team. Rasmus hasn't been playing every single day. Replacing them with productive hitters, with you know, uh, getting Alex Bregman in the lineup and, and getting Yulieski Gurriel and, and and him in the lineup, uh, it makes their team look uh, 
it makes their offense look so good. You know, I think it's it's an offense that when it is clicking, uh, it's it's really as deep as as any in the league. And so, yeah, like you said, you know, I, I do think I do think that they can overcome their starting pitching deficiencies. Uh, pretty strong bullpen, uh, a lot of different looks in the bullpen, which is uh, I think probably a valuable thing. And and uh, if they start, you know, if they continue, I should say, uh, hitting pretty well and, and playing pretty well, yeah, I think. They they, I mean, that's it's one game, right? It's it's certainly not insurmountable. But uh, another team in the mix there, uh, and the one right ahead or, or right with the Astros uh, is the Detroit Tigers. Another club, I think, kind of maybe surprising to, that they're in this spot. I just don't know what to make of these guys. I really don't. I'm going to defer to you on this one. I mean, it's uh, I <laughs> I uh, I like playing God at the same time. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, they uh, once again, it's uh, you're talking about relying on on some parts that have been here and 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 haven't been there with a consistency. You know, you got Jordan Zimmerman back from from injury, but what's he going to give you? Really, you know, Verlander has had a nice renaissance. Uh, at the same time, not uh, you know, you're not handing him the ball with the conviction that you might have uh, that you might have uh, you know a couple couple years ago or when he was at his peak. Uh, you know, Matt Boyd's been pretty solid, but uh, gosh, again, uh, and and an offense that can that can absolutely mash and and solve a lot of your problems. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I uh, I don't feel great about them, but they can certainly hang around. And I, uh, I, I, I gosh, that's a it, it's a tough one. But I, I was curious what your your thoughts were on these guys. You know, I think I'm I'm bearish on the Tigers just because, uh, and right now, sort of the worst time they're they're having a lot of little nagging injuries start flaring up. Uh, Victor Martinez is missing games. Ian Kinsler has a possibly as a concussion might have to miss some more games, and so uh, it's a little worrisome. You know, uh, Fulmer has dropped off a little bit in the starting rotation. You mentioned you know they're still trotting out the uh, the back end guys who haven't been great. Uh, their their bullpen is better than it has been, but it's not there it's not a good bullpen it's just a not absolutely horrendous dumpster fire of a bullpen like they had a few years ago uh you know i never like i never feel good betting against miguel cabrera uh he i don't feel like we even talk enough about how good he remains as a hitter you know it's it's yes. almost it's almost <laughs> like that that ship has sailed like everybody just sort of uh you know knows that miguel cabrera is a great hitter and and understands it but i, I think that uh man i mean he, that guy is real 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 good and and uh just a I don't know, seems to me like a winning player, so to speak, and, you know, Upton's been better, uh, again, a guy who had a, a miserable start to the season, who's, who's played a little bit better, uh, they are deep in the offense, they can hit, we know that, J.D. Martinez has been great, uh, Cameron Mabin's had a real nice year for them in, in part-time play, uh, so I think the, you know, the offensive talent is certainly there. Uh, the question for me would be, you know, can they, uh, you know, after Verlander and Fulmer or anybody else who's going to be on the mound, can that guy do it for the Tigers? Uh, if I'm if I'm picking, I'm I'm probably not picking them. Right. Okay. That, uh, that that's pretty much where I'm at. And uh, after today, uh, after this twin bill against the Twins, they're done with those guys. Uh, we still got three with Atlanta, so uh, you know, certainly not uh, from the schedule edge, not a bad uh, standpoint. But again, a little too uneven there. So uh, okay, I'm 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 kind of fine with with leaving those guys behind if you are. Which uh, 
I guess, uh, would leave us with... Uh, the team that has frustrated me the most all season. I mean, just <laughs> because I just don't... I, I'm sorry, like, and, and I'm, I'm happy to, to be wrong on this. The, and, and, you know, it, it feels like at every single turn I have said, okay, well, well, you know, now they've lost four in a row again, and this is it. It's the, the time is up for the Baltimore Orioles. I look on paper, it's not a very good team. It just does not look like a very good team. They had a ton of home runs. I get that. They play in a great ballpark. They had a ton of home runs. Uh, they, they don't get on base a ton. Uh, basically, they have this, you know, one incredible skill, uh, of hitting home runs, they have uh, one, you know, fairly, you know, I'd say, I'd say they had two pretty good starting pitchers in the front rotation in, in Gossman and Tillman. They have a, a great back end of the bullpen. We know that, uh, but I just, I mean, they have the starting pitching after the front two guys has been so so bad, and, and you know, for all the home runs they hit, they just it doesn't seem like they get on base enough to to make up for that starting pitching. I don't get how the Orioles are still in wild card position. I'm, I'm happy to admit that. Um, I have thought every single time, and, and they've had a bunch of losing streaks this season, and, and every single time I've thought, okay, this is it. You know, time is up. It's not happening for the Orioles this year. Uh, now they've lost four of their last five. Uh, is the time up? Is it not happening for the Orioles this year? Well, this is the thing. Just when you think you're going to buy into them, uh, they, they go to Detroit and to Boston, and they win four out of six, and then immediately split a split four at home with the with the Rays and lose the first three to the Red Sox. So you know they even when they suck you in, they 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 throw you a bit of a curveball. Uh, gosh, it's. Uh, I want to count them out uh, with every bit of my being, not that there's anything personal against them, just merely for the same reason that you said, because uh, they're befuddling and uh, and hard to get your arms around. But at the same time, th- this is what Buck Showalter has done in the, in the last uh, last four or five years. It's uh, th- They don't go away. They, they play above what all any reasonable metrics uh, should indicate. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, an all-time great closer right now uh, in uh, in Zach Britton, and a and a true MVP in Manny Machado, who's about to uh, you know about to match and exceed many of the numbers he had last year, uh, along with the you know the usual really good core. So it's uh, it's befuddling uh, that they've been able to kind of uh, outperform a lot of. Uh, a lot of the things that should uh, that should doom them, such as 60% of their starting rotation most of the time. Uh, Ubaldo Jimenez, everybody wanted to run him out of town. He's now one of their more, I don't want to say dependable, but uh, you know he actually uh, almost pitched them to a win over the Red Sox last night. I mean, it's a, it's remarkable. A totally befuddling team. I totally want to say uh, you know they're out of gas. And then I look at the schedule. And uh, and they got the Diamondbacks in for three this weekend. And that's uh, you know that's that's a very, very big series for them. I mean, they could absolutely wipe the floor with those guys, uh, which would make a huge difference in their chances. Uh, right now, uh, you know, our friends at Fangraphs have them pretty pretty consistently out in front, a 45% shot, uh, the, uh, which compared to Houston at 27%, Seattle at 13%, uh, the Yankees down there at 4%, uh, Detroit at 35%. So they, uh, you know, they're kind of bullish on them, but... Uh, I think uh, I, I think they wipe the floor with the Diamondbacks this weekend and go into the last six uh, with a really good shot. And uh, you know, I, I, again, it's uh, I, from here. It kind of seems like a, a three-team shootout for one spot with Baltimore, 
the Astros in Detroit, and obviously hard to get a handle on all those teams. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, I think they're they're going to have the firepower to uh, to stay in it right into that last weekend. Yeah, it feels like the Orioles need. To, I mean, like you said, they need to beat up on the Diamondbacks, right? If they they lose two out of three to Arizona, I think they're probably toast uh, because going to going to Toronto for for three games in the middle of next week is that's a tough haul. You know, that's a, a again, a, you know, the other team that's battling for that that wild card spot. There's battling for the you know home field advantage in the wild card spot. And I think the Orioles also need uh, the Yankees to start losing, right? Because that that. That series uh, changes timbre quite a bit the last weekend of the yes. season if, if the Yankees are out of it. It's funny. Do they, uh, how, how do they, what do they root for this weekend? Do they root for the uh, Yankees to win, uh, to give them a chance to catch the Jays, or for the Yankees to totally collapse and then they shut down a bunch of veterans next weekend and you're you're facing uh you know, you're facing the uh, the Scranton shuffle <laughs> over the last three games, which could be huge for them. Yeah, it's um I mean so so who do we like here? Who do who are we taking in the American League? Okay, so we uh, we we've uh, we've 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 waved Toronto on. Uh let's uh let's uh let's go ahead and settle on that. Here's uh, here's what's funny. This is going to be and once again uh you know for as uh, as I guess uh, stayed a, an institution as Major League Baseball has been over the years uh major props for going to the uh, European soccer style setup on the uh, World Cup, whatever you want to call it, uh, on the final day of the year when everybody's starting at 3 p.m. Eastern. Love it, love it. Just genius, absolutely genius. But uh, uh, here's, a, here's, a, here's a wrinkle for you. Jared Weaver might be pitching the last game of his career on Sunday, October 2nd. Uh, he's going to be, uh, he's slated to start against the Astros, uh, uh, against Colin McHugh. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I know that uh, sounds apropos of nothing, but uh, imagine that. Imagine you're the Astros and you're a game back, and you, you need to beat Jared Weaver to, uh, you know, to get to the playoffs or force a, you know, force a tiebreaker. And, and here you're Jared Weaver, and this might be the last competitive act of your of your sports career before you, uh, you know, you you go surfing for the last forty years of your life, <laughs> which uh, which sounds awesome, especially with money in the bank. So uh, that's that's just kind of a fun wrinkle there. Uh, we're looking at uh, Baltimore finishing at, at Yankee Stadium, Houston finishing uh, at the Angels, Detroit against uh, against the Braves. It's <laughs> which uh, again, that's uh, you'd think the Braves would be totally out of it, but they've played a. Uh, you know they've played pretty decent uh, under Brian Snitker, so uh, it's uh, it's really hard to uh, to pin your to, to to pin this baby down. But I I think we're seeing a lot of drama on October second. I think we might see our first uh, our first tiebreaker ever. I think uh, that game is going to involve the Orioles and the Astros. Why not? Uh, so one Orioles more, and Astros. One more to settle it all. Oh yeah, I, yes. I like I like that. I you know I would I will even go so far. Uh, I'm gonna you know. And look, I like to. I'm on the internet, right? So I like to dig in behind my wrong-headed opinions. Uh, so I will. <laughs> I will go so far as to say there is no tiebreak, and the Astros take it, and it's and it's the Blue oh. Jays and the Astros, and the 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 Orioles fall out, uh, the Tigers fall back, and the Mariners can't keep pace. Excellent. All right. Well, we've at least settled on the Astros as kind of the the hipster second wild card. So I, I like that consensus certainly. Whether it takes uh, 162 or 163. Uh, We'll find out, but uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of goofy. Uh, I'm glad it's here because the division divisions have turned into a snooze. So we'll uh, we'll see about this sprint, and we'll uh, we'll see where we uh, you know where we end up on October second and maybe beyond. 
And of course, you can check out the Walk Off on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Stitcher. Subscribe everywhere, rate us, review us. Uh, find all of the the content on usatoday.com/mlb. Uh, Gabe's writing a ton. I'll be writing a ton. We're we're both going to be uh, quite active, I suppose, for these next the next week and a half here, and and uh, the month following that. Uh, it's going to be an extremely exciting uh, pennant stretch, and uh, I will. You know, and and Gabe, I assume you too will be there to document it. Yes, as long as uh, as long as Costco continues to carry uh, Mayorga coffee in bulk, uh, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna show up. That's uh, that's <laughs> that's the least I can do. <laughs> yeah, I gotta I gotta start expensing my uh, coffee shop orders. But other than that, I, I think I'll make it. So uh, you know, check it out, and and thanks for joining us today, and and uh, peace out. 